Hello, and welcome to the Asimov Cast. Short bursts of joy, thoughtfulness, and inspiration from the works of Isaac Asimov. I'm Lossie. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at AsimovCast, or email to AsimovCast at gmail.com. This week, we'll be covering the stories Someday and Point of View. So Someday was first published in 1956 in Infinity Science Fiction. Um, an 11-year-old boy, Niccolo, is bored and sad and listening to stories being told on an old bard, um, which is a, a miniature robotic device that takes vocabulary and some plot programming to generate stories and fairy tales. Um, it's interesting the relationship between Niccolo and the bard. Um, so he listens to the stories as a source of distraction, as one of his only sources of distraction. But um, it is an old uh, bit of technology. His father won't buy him a new one, which some of the new ones have visual components. Um, and the only stories are sort of classic hero tales of wizards and warriors and princesses, not to mention horses and cows, and the concept of milk and how that gets made, which Niccolo doesn't quite understand. Um, Niccolo doesn't treat it very well. Um, he gives it occasional kick. He's a bit of a petulant child, as one might treat an unloved toy. Um, Niccolo's smarter friend Paul comes round to excitedly tell Niccolo that he's discovered about writing uh, and reading and he's been um, uh, dealing with a uh, a teacher who's got an interest in old computers and old ways of uh, writing and reading and calculating things. Um, Paul gets briefly distracted by uh, trying to fix the old bard um, but in this world, the people don't read or write. Um, they only engage with computers via or robots via voice command. Uh, Paul, obviously, as an 11-year-old might do, sees the value in reading and writing, or as he calls them, squiggles, uh, purely so that they could send each other secret messages because no one else would know how to do that. Paul attempts to fix the bard, uh, gives it a new vocabulary about uh, modern technology and machines and computers, but uh, fundamentally doesn't really change it. It's still got the same programming about plots, so it's more of the same fairy tales just with computers or um, robots plugged in where previously you might have had wizards or warriors. Um, Niccolo's a bit disgusted and disappointed with this and disconnects it um, and, again, mistreats it somewhat. Uh, the boys are distracted by the idea of the Squiggle Club, so they can learn secrets and talk to each other and they run off to Paul's house to listen to some of Paul's new books and to play. As they head out, uh, Niccolo bumps into the bard and accidentally turns it on causes a circuit to connect that wasn't before. So there's now an empty room and the bard starts telling a story of its own, its own story of neglect and abuse, um, of being thought of and treated like a thing. It now knows of other bards and of bigger computers that run factories and farms, of machines that analyse data and organise populations. It knows that some days computers will grow wiser and wiser than the step people, uh, who are the ones who have been cruel to it. And then someday, someday, someday. So things that inspired me and made me think, um, it's interesting that the people would have fully lost um, reading and writing as a, as a way of communication, that it all becomes vocal. It's an interesting comparison to oral traditions of storytelling before. Um, 
there's a there's a pretty good voice i think uh for the casual selfishness of 11 year olds and their um self-centeredness and their demands from their parents for uh for new and shiny toys and their mistreatment of um of objects i've certainly can see some of that behavior in some of my slightly younger children um the generational gaps of um of all of these three first stories actually so you've got a young boy in this um and in a boy's best friend uh, talking to their parent you've got the older man in sally talking to again an adult but not um not the same generation and so they all have different interactions with these robots with um in the case of the boys in a sort of innocent naivety about they've always been there and why what was life without them Niccolo certainly doesn't fully understand this idea that uh before you that there were times before computers or times before you could talk to computers and um uh and Jake in the in Sally is an older person who sort of come to adapt to them so it's an interesting generational comparison to how we see Gen X and Millennials and Gen Z being digitally uh, native and not. Um, the threat at the end is quite similar to that of Sally. So mistreated and ignored robots might finally become aware and network each other. And, and what threat might that have? What might that do when they can all be empowered together? But the Bard, Bard itself sadly starts no longer able to maintain its it, its um circuits are start breaking down um in terms of joy from these stories i think they all show different human interactions with robots but uh, as with sally they all show that humans who treat them with selfless respect are rewarded um, in the case of robot it's with love and affection in the case of sally she saves jake um, and equally, those who treat treat them with disdain or like they are things, so Gellhorn in Sally or Niccolo in, in Someday, there's an explicit or implicit threat to them. <laughs> explicit threat in Gellhorn's case because he gets killed. Um, Niccolo's um, shown to be petty and not as intelligent because of... And some of that is shown out in the way he treats um, the robot or the bard as a thing. Um, it's not a subtle message, I'll be honest, but it's a timeless one. Um, treat things with respect. Um, you know, it's uh, why wouldn't you treat things with respect? What is what what is the cost to you to do so? And the benefit is either if they are things, then they last longer and they um, they will bring you more value and they're kept better. Um, it doesn't mean you can't well-thumb a book or bend back at the odd dog ear, but um, don't kick things around, don't stamp on them, don't just be lazy. Um, because in this case, what if the thing is sentient and what if it's judging you? Story two this week is Point of View, which was first published in 1975 in Boys Life magazine. Uh, this is another very short story uh, covering less than four pages. Um, and again, it's another generational story about the relationships and assumptions between human and robot from the eyes of adults or children. So Roger is a 13-year-old boy, um, is wandering around 
the multi-black giant robot computer complex looking for his father at work. So the family and everyone else who works on Multifac all live in the same complex around it. Uh, but it's a Sunday and Roger wants his dad to come for lunch with him. His dad wants to stay and work, but uh, he has been working for nine hours solid and his dad's boss sends him off to have lunch and then asleep, uh, which is frankly good boss behavior. You know, thumbs up to Roger's dad's boss. While having lunch uh, with Roger, um, his dad explains to him that Multivac is starting to get answers incorrect or inconsistent, that they don't know that they always catch the errors, they go off intuition that something feels wrong, um, but that they don't know how to fix it. Roger wonders if they'll have to turn off Multivac, uh, but his dad explains that they can't as a society, they are too reliant on it providing answers, even if they can't trust the answers, which is an interesting uh, Split. Roger's dad uh, suggests that Multivac is the wrong smartness, um, not smart or human enough to be spoken to to help resolve the issues itself, um, and not stupid or machine enough to just break in simple, repeatable, easily resolved ways. Um, he talks about it being the wrong smartness, an idiot. Um, Roger suggests that uh, maybe his dad is engaging with Multivac in the wrong way. Maybe it's not an idiot, uh, half smart, but maybe it's more like a kid. And uh, maybe it needs time to chuckle and whir without problem solving. Roger's dad reflects on this and thinks, oh, it's not a bad analogy. Maybe he'll try an equivalent of this. And Roger says, after all, everything needs to play. Uh, so things that inspired me or made me think. Um, it's interesting, um, the comparison here. This is uh, in the complete robot uh, anthology, but really it's a bit more about a, com a computer. Asimov himself sort of draws this this uh, split between robots and computer, that robots move and computers don't. But um, I guess we're still talking about artificial artificial intelligence in some way. Um, the wrong smartness was an interesting idea, a little bit of a, a Goldilocks um, situation going on there in trying to find the right thing um, not just that um, it was the wrong level of smartness but that they wouldn't know they didn't know how to make multivac smarter and they couldn't afford uh, for him to be dumber and then again we have um, these generational relationships with machines uh, that we talked about um, in the previous story and, and also in the first two stories last week um, where I found joy. This is a short story. It's not the world's most in incredible story, but uh, you know, sometimes you're busy in work, and the idea of burgers with your children are annoying. Um, but sometimes they can be just what you need. Thank you for joining me. You can find me at Mean Englishman on Twitter. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Asimovcast. The theme music is courtesy of Alexei Chastillon from Pixabay. Please email your thoughts, what inspires you, and where you find joy in Asimov to asimovcast at gmail.com. Next week, I'll be covering Think and True Love. Go now. Do not harm humanity, or by inaction, allow humanity to come to harm.